Hello, everybody. That was kind of Dr. Nick-ish. Uh, uh, it's American Pale Males. It's your nerdy beer tasting podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and with me is my other host. The other co-host, Jeremy. Michael, how in the world have you been? It's been a, a whopping five days since I've seen you. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We got uh, face-to-face. Not a recording, though. But With no recording. Right. <laughs> but we did have shared experiences uh, with wedding and yeah. beers and breweries. So yeah, we did. It was fun nonetheless. And indeed it was. And this is an exciting time because we're kicking off a brand new set of brews after a swap. So it's a new season, if you will. I like this. Yes. And we have some really interesting brews. I was really interested in what you had in that six-pack, Jeremy. Uh, me too. So it will be fun. The next Indeed. three months or so are going to be good. Oh, yeah. Also, it's it's a new fresh start because I am now in a new home. Buying houses. <laughs> yeah. So real estate and stuff. But yeah, I'm in a new recording studio. I had to get rid of the top-of-the-line half-million-dollar recording studio that I had in my previous house. And I had to build a whole new one. Well, that's how you got the house. <laughs> right. It was based around the studio. So things might sound a little different, maybe a little more echoey. Maybe I have to get some baffling in here. But um, for now, it's, it's all good. <laughs> well, on my side, everything is exactly the same. Yes. No worries on that end. But it is a little different, Jeremy, because maybe you're in a better mindset because you're unsaddled with your burden. It's the summer of punk. It's, it's finally happening. Finally, you can kick back and relax. I know, man. I don't know how much detail we want to go to, but Jeremy had some responsibilities in the wedding. Yeah, I did. And so he's done with all that, done with all the stress that comes with that. Being a best man isn't always cracked up as it is. No, uh, it's, it's really not. Um, I don't need to do... I mean, should it arise? I, I think pretty much everyone I know that could conceivably get married anytime soon is in fact married. Or at least any of the people that I would uh, be asked to be in their wedding. Right. So thankfully, I, I I mean, hopefully I won't have to deal with that crap anymore because it's it's no fun writing these things. This time last week, Michael, I was writing a speech. Right. No, I wasn't. Well. I was on the way to be here to write a speech. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it, I, I have six weeks until, about, until football starts, so now I have uh, roughly 40 days to... Five, six weeks until uh, until it's officially fall and I have to start grilling more often. Although I've been grilling quite a bit lately. Yeah. But Yeah, you got to, you know, I stayed over oh, at your place. The hammock. And, uh, I found out you had a hammock. Oh, the hammock is amazing, dude. Yeah. Did I t- ever tell you how I got that hammock? I think little Mandy told me that it was a, uh, a gift for working. Yeah. Wasn't it? It, five-year intervals for the university. They give you this little brochure that has gifts you can pick from is like oh hey thanks for working for us for another five years here's a set of increasingly less useless things <laughs> that you can <laughs> get for your house and home um the five-year one was not the greatest i got a a hand mixer since my old one was throwing fuses every time i used it mm-hmm. um but this time i was i was looking through this thing and I'm like i had already moved into the condo here and I was, you know, like, ah, an espresso machine, that's tempting. That's way better than any of this. Like, mm. there's a lot of rings and earrings and necklaces and 
jewelry for those who may enjoy jewelry. And I'm like, eh, like maybe I'll get like a, eh, a skill son. Like, oh my god, apron. I'm like, no, not the apron, not the apron. Uh huh. Like, and then so I, I got the hemamic. <laughs> yes. Hemamic. To me, that's a no-brainer. Oh, dude! Once I saw the hammock in the thing, it was just like, oh man, game on. Yes. Yeah, the hammock rules. It's super comfortable. It's just been about oh ninety-five degrees and about ninety-five percent humidity these past several days, so I haven't had a chance to hang out and nap and/or read in my hammock. But heat's supposed to break on Saturday, so hopefully I can get some serious uh, hammocking in this weekend. Excellent. Yes. I, and Jeremy, I guess you could say that the summer of Jeremy started right after that uh, wedding event at Big Row Brewery in Iowa City, uh, where we went to for a little after party. My beloved Big Grove. Yes. So, so it was the first time I was there. So good. And it lived up to the hype you gave, Jeremy. It was, That's right. It's I know. massive. It's a barn. Nice outdoor seating area. Perfect for that night. Oh, man. So we had some brews. Michael. And let's brag about him. All right. What did what do you want to brag about being the new guy? Well, I had two brews there. I, I didn't go for a flight or anything. I wanted just to have the full experience. And the first one I had is called, hopefully I'm saying this right, Zadar. Zadar. Zadar, oh. Um, which is a nitro stout. Mm-hmm. And I like this a lot. So it was not a milk stout, which is what I was used to from, like, left hand. Mm-hmm. So it kind of caught me off guard in that regard. I said guard twice there. Yeah, whatever. But I liked it a lot still because it had a really silky start. And at the end, it had like this coffee type bitterness. It didn't taste like coffee. It just had like that roast coffee bitterness when you get a nice, dark, dark roasted coffee. Like a nice iced coffee. Yes. Yeah. You don't get the coffee flavor so much, but just that roasted flavor. Mm-hmm. Nice contrast of smoothness at the beginning and a nice bitter finish without being too like ugh or yucky or anything like that is really well balanced in that regard now michael do you know why it's called zadar or what the significance that holds isn't there some like movie or <laughs> in iowa city well so back in the day if you go to the hamburg inn here in yeah. I- beloved iowa city they have That's a I zadar yeah, i know they have a zadar omelet which has like seasoned ground beef and various other things in it. But the reason why is because there was a incredibly low budget eighties horror movie shot in Solon, Iowa, just up the road, about 15 miles where big Grove is originated from. And it was called Zadar, the cow from hell. Yes. The cow from hell. (laughs) I knew there was a subtitle, (laughs) but I've never seen it. I really should find it. I bet the university library has it on hand. But, uh, yes, the Zadar is very good. Michael, what else did you have? After that, I I kept going on the dark side, and I had their Russian Imperial Stout. And I think this was around 8.5% ABV. It had a really rich flavor, and what I appreciated about it, it wasn't really boozy. Like, when you get up there in that percentage, sometimes they can get a little astringent, mm-hmm. I guess would be the word. But this was pretty solid flavor all the way. had, an, again, rich, dark flavor. Um, but without getting into that bite at the end that you get with some of those sure. higher ABV Imperial stuff. So, mm-hmm. Jeremy, yes, Michael. I had some. I had a little taste of what you had. So I want to. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Then maybe I can add a little note on the little swig that I had. 
So I believe the first it was a uh, arms race. I've had arms race before, and I've talked about it previously on the mm-hmm. on the podcast. So I won't bore you, but it's one of my favorite IPAs. It's it's fruity, it's piney, it's got a thick backbone, and it is phenomenal. But the one that I had not tried before was I, and I'm I might botch this name because they've changed mm-hmm. it. Um, but I believe it was the Side Hill Sour Summer Jam. Mm-hmm. Their sour used to be known as K Syrah, which is a name I liked a lot better personally. And then for all their different, uh, all their different sours, they would have different names, like Kaonda Rataka, or which I believe means "What's up, Shorty" or something like that. <laughs> but so I liked that a lot better. But naming conventions aside. The Side Hill Sour Summer Jam is, it's a bit their base sour, but it also had, uh, like, apricots and raspberries in it, I think. Let me, uh, mm-hmm. l- let me see if I can pull anything up on it. But it definitely had a, uh, it was fruited up on there, which was great. Yeah. When you brought it out, I asked you if you, I thought it was a hurricane at first, the mixed drink, <laughs> just the color. In the, in the was... fact that it came in a tulip. Yes, yeah. I'm like, oh, is that a hurricane? You're like, no, it's the sour. I'm like, whoa, that's an interesting color. It's almost like a pinkish hue to it. it very much so. Uh, the the fruits in it are raspberries, blackberries, and cherries. And yeah. It, the drink, I, the little taste I had, it wasn't really sour-sour, but it was no. really fruity. It, it wasn't really, how should I say... Like it lacked beerosity, but not in a completely bad way, I guess you could say. Yeah, their Side Hill Sour. I'm never going to get used to that name. <laughs> Kesara was never m- like a, a sour, sour, sour sort of beer. It was mm-hmm. more along the lines of a Berliner Weiss. Uh, okay. And this is no different. The The fruit really pops on this one. I, I don't remember what I gave it, but my goodness, it's delicious. It's. It's it does lack beerosity, but what it may, lacks in beerosity, it makes up for. And it's a sour that's super drinkable, but you also aren't gonna just chug it and be like, "Where did it go?" I yes. I, I feel like the sour was balanced very very well against yeah. the fruitiness in there. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the the brewery itself, the actual area where the brewery is, is not full yet, Michael. Okay. So they have a bunch of room in there. Expansion. And, Hopefully, um, they've been. I think they're ramping up slowly, which is probably the good way to go to make sure they can, you know, keep up with demand at the the brew pub in Solon as well as down in Iowa City. And more and more, you're seeing Big Grove beers come up at you know bars that you would never expect them to show up at down here. Like mm-hmm. uh, Brothers, I believe, has Big Grove stuff there now. Oh, and they're just uh, they're starting to get a lot of uh, spread. They're getting the word out. They're going to a lot of different bars that they are not necessarily, you know, the the beer snob bars, the, the Shorts right. Burgers and Shine or the, the Mill or the places where beer aficionados would go to. We'll put it. Right. Now, the the arms race, is that that's kind of their flagship, would, would you say? I think so. Because I, I, I like that one, actually. It's, thought, it's amazing. Um, uh, it's easily one of my favorite IPAs. It was very hop flavorful, but not mm. a very hop bitter, in my opinion. Yeah, which I quite enjoyed a lot. Very much so. It's it's so good. I hope I hope they are able to like can or bottle or something because I want more people to try it because it's so good. That is a delicious one. In fact, I kind of want to go get a growler now. <laughs> well, Jeremy. Yes, Michael. 
Should we turn to the pale mailbag? Of course, man. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while. And, uh, ooh, we got one piece of mail in the American Pale Mail Pail here. Uh, I forgot we renamed it. (laughs) The American Pale Mail Mail Pail? Yes. Okay. And this is from Mom of the Show is emailing in, and she says, since Michael just bought his first lawnmower... And that is factually true. I can confirm that. How about a show on lawnmower beers? And, well, we'll get to the FDR in a little bit, but we can talk lawnmower beers. Um, probably not something you have to deal with, Jeremy. Nope, not at all. Yeah, and uh, nothing I had to deal with for the past, oh, long while. Yeah, at least uh, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just starting up again with this new house. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, it's... Well, the first time I went out there, I've done it twice so far. How many acres do you have? You know what? I've never really understood the acre. Um, it's a measure of uh, area. <laughs> I know, but I can't visualize it. I don't think it's that big. This is not a... It's not a very big lot. Oh, okay. It's not big lots. It... Well, the mowing wasn't that bad. The problem was... I got bitten by so many mosquitoes, you know, and I was I was wearing just a cotton shirt, which maybe was a mistake. And when I looked in the mirror, it looked like I had been um, flagellated <laughs> uh, by a cat of nine tails. Just like these mosquito bites were like streaking across my back. Uh, it was gross. Michael, have you ever heard of uh, insect repellent? You know, I have, and I had some, but I thought, I'll just stick it out. You know, it's not that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, no, that's what they I was crushing the ones that were uh, around my face and on my front, but, uh, I, you know, I'm a 3D person, and uh, I have a backside, apparently, that was very accessible to these guys. Now, Michael, while you were doing that, I was playing uh, the old Wolfenstein, the Old Blood, and I didn't get bitten by a uh, cavalcade of mosquitoes. So uh, maybe on a future episode, we can talk about how I was playing video games and you were out mowing the lawn and uh, being turned into a feast by several of our winged friends. Right. Yes, it is, it is sad, but uh, it's, you know what? It gives me a little exercise and um, based on my previous residence, I told myself I'm going to smile whenever I have to mow the lawn because <laughs> this living situation is much better than some things that were going down in that living situation. So, <laughs> I, I I have this image in my head of you just smiling like a dope every time. <laughs> like, just like with like rictus grin on my face. Pretty not maybe not the lawn. maybe not quite to like uh, the Joker gas <laughs> in uh, the '89 Batman, but <laughs> close. Pretty close to that. Um. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a good that that's a great mental image by the way for those of you that know what michael looks like he's just he's just walking around like one of those guys in a cialis commercial or something like that this is great like the enzyte that's what i'm thinking of yes Yes, okay there we go (laughs) uh that snake oil um yeah controversy truthfully i've not had this is the beer we're having on this show is the first beer i've had here so i've not yet had a lawnmower beer let alone a beer. Oh, man. Did you mow the lawn today? I, uh, it's way too rainy. Oh, yeah. Did a bit of a monsoon down here, too. Yes. So maybe I'll report in on future lawnmower beers. I think that's a great idea. Um, but 
should we maybe it's a little early maybe i don't know should we get into the fdr because it's technically could be a lawnmower beer it technically could do we have anything else we want to discuss with people oh yeah you're right on the docket i have talk about lawnmower beers Uh then talk about lawnmower man the movie (laughs) (laughs) which you mentioned offhandedly (laughs) in one episode not too long ago Uh (laughs) so i looked it up on wikipedia you ever seen that movie I've seen, I looked at some clips. Oh, Jesus. And it looks Woo! super weird. That's one way of putting it. Uh, like the first movie with like extensive CG. Like it's at least a full. CG world. I mean, maybe Tron you could say, but. Oh, yeah. But this is. Yeah, when we think of CGI, though, this is. Di- For those of us of a certain age, like, CG pretty much had to have started with that one Dire Straits video for Money for Nothing. (laughs) I was going to say that. And then there was Reboot, the kid's show. This is, is like, legit bonkers, like, oh my god, what were they thinking sort of CG in that, right? I mean, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen The Lawnmower Man. So, yeah, the weird CG, but the thing that fascinated me is I read the synopsis for the movie which is based on a Stephen King short story. That's based in air quotes there, Michael. Oh, there's like nothing. There's nothing involved with it. No crossover. No. They have the name and Stephen King on the name. Yeah, and he sued to get it off. He sure did. And eventually won. Um, (laughs) After the courts said each day that they kept it on there, they'd have to pay him $10,000. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, because they kept refusing to do it. I guess they just had the rights to the the story and they're Mm. like oh we're just going to use the name because the story is about a man who hires a lawn mowing service and the guy starts doing all this weird stuff behind the lawnmower eating the clippings and dancing getting nude Mm -hmm. and uh eventually it turns out he's like a satyr and he like sacrifices the guy for pan it's it's pretty weird um it is weird (laughs) Side note, have you read any of the Stephen King short story collections? I know. Well, except probably synopsis on Wikipedia is about a <laughs> Make it a point to read some of those. Uh, they're pretty great. They He's unfettered by the inability to uh, not finish his story. Okay. Because... So just getting the idea down and because Because he, he always has these abilities to create just killer ideas and killer like elevator pitches but his books frequently write checks that can't cash and then they just kind of they peter out at the end but it's okay because what came before it is so great but in things like uh i think it's night shift is the one that has the lawnmower man in it okay Uh, night shift is pretty awesome i believe there are also a few other movies that came out of that um the Mangler, I think, was a movie. Trucks was turned into uh, oh, Maximum yeah. Overdrive. That which he directed, right? He did. Uh, Sometimes they come back was a movie. Children of the Corn was a movie. Oh yeah, yeah. The, that's just that's just five of hits. Them. Yeah, as well as a sequel to Salem's Lot, which is uh, pretty good. So the movie, on the other hand, is about a spoiler alert, I guess, is about a guy who I can't remember. Does he take a drug or something that allows him to like? connect to a computer and go into this cyberspace world and become pure 
cyber energy and eventually try to take over the world. It's something like that. I <laughs> I don't know. Um, this this piece of garbage made thirty two million dollars at the box office on a ten million budget. Good wow. God! Holy crap! No wonder there's a sequel. Um, there. Oh yeah, that's right. That's it's true. got Matt Frewer in it. It's pretty. It's it's not good, but it is entertaining. Interestingly enough, the same thing kind of happened to Stephen King with Running Man. The Running Man that was yeah, that was a little better, but it was still kind of was a they changed the ending, take the title and run kind of deal. Also, a recent uh, how did this get made episode? Yeah, yeah, that I like that movie a lot. Oh, I love Running Man. It's it's got the finest acting job by a Family Feud host ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Check those out. Don't check out the Lawnmower Man. Maybe read the Wikipedia. Read the Wikipedia. Watch like the the best of on like YouTube or something, <laughs> and listen to the How Did This Get Made. It's it's an entertaining episode. So hopefully that doesn't happen to me. I hopefully I don't assimilate with my computer because I mow the lawn now. If it were to happen, it should have happened years ago, uh, given how much I use this thing. Uh, you can watch the entirety of the Lawnmower Man on YouTube, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so, ugh. probably not legally, but legally oh, for you. Yeah, legally for you. You didn't. You didn't put anything up there. You're just using a program. Fun fact: If you just type in f- "movie" plus the words "full movie," you can probably find it on YouTube. Especially if there's not much money to be made off it anymore, like the movie Chopping Mall. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot of the uh, weird horror movies that have been discussed on this show. Very much so, yes. But enough of lawnmower men. Lawnmower beers, Michael. How are we? Br- how are we bringing it all back home? We're bringing it home. We're tying it together. Today's FDR, where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. It's the first beer of the new season. New season. And I believe it is a variety we have never had before on Ooh, the show. Really? It is Gaffel Kolsch. Kolsch, man. Michael, what are your experiences with Kolsch's? I can talk about them a little bit. I think this is the first true, authentic Kolsch I've ever had. I've had Kolsch-style beers, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've had a Kolsch before. Can you inform me on what makes a, a Kolsch a Kolsch, as opposed to a Kolsch-style? Yes. So, the name Kolsch, or the style of Kolsch, is protected by the Kolsch Convention and is restricted to 20 breweries around Cologne. Oh, wow. What you'll find amongst these authentic Kolsch's, about 20 or so breweries, is that they can actually vary between each other because all they have to do to meet the Kolsch convention guidelines is be light, highly attenuated, hop accentuated, and clear top fermenting. Huh. I'm learning something. If I can jump in, I think the... it's technically a Kolsch style, I guess. But mm-hmm. my the only Kolsch I can think of is uh, Lion Bridge in Cedar Rapids's oh. Kundera Kolsch. But I, I don't know last time I've had that, but the one I definitely remember is they made a batch of Kolsch with like 200 pounds of cucumbers in it. Oh, okay. That was delightful. That sounds like a nice combo. I really hope it's still around because that cucumber Kolsch was the bee's knees, as the kids say. Anyway. So what makes this a potentially good lawnmower beer is that they're lighter. They use German noble hops and German pills are pale malts. So it kind of is that Pilsner adjacent type beer. 
they use clean ale yeast. Um, some of them use wheat, but it's pretty rare in the authentic versions. Um, they're fermented at cool ale temperatures and then lagered afterwards. Uh-huh. Kind of a unique little combo there. Interesting. They tend to be delicate in their flavor profile, so that gives them a relatively short shelf life. Jeremy, what kind of glass are you going to be using for this? I'm using a plain Jane shaker, Michael. What What are you supposed to use? Well, a Kolsch is supposed to be served in a stange, a stange. I don't know how you say it in German, which is a very tall, narrow, 200 milliliter glass. So it's Pilsner glass? almost like uh, it's almost like a regular drinking glass, like just straight up the sides, completely vertical, thin and narrow, kind of like a larger can of Red Bull. Okay, but a glass. Yep. Um, and then you can put arrange these glasses in a special serving tray, and it's called a krantz, or a wreath of Kolsch. Okay. So, like, Merry Christmas, here's a bunch of beer. Uh-huh. Now, an interesting thing, it does not need to strictly comply with Reinheitsgebot, because it is a special regional-type beer. So, uh-huh. as we found out, some of those beers can get around that. But I believe this one does follow the convention. Um, but it is one of those rare exceptions to that rule. Um, so Gaffel Kolsch, mm-hmm. which is what we're having today, is one of the big three Kolsches in the world. Gaffel and Becker Company was founded back in 1908. And when I went to their website to find some corporate text, which I'll read in a little bit, I found it interesting that they had the age verification screen. In German? It, it was their English website, but even with that, I had to verify if I was 16 years old. Awesome. Yeah. So I found that kind of enchanting <laughs> but flavor text michael hit me the classic gaffel kolsch is a particularly fresh specialty beer from cologne brewed according to a time-honored family recipe and the german purity law of 1516 with water malt hops and hops extract the delicately bitter pleasant slight hopsy taste hopsy hopsy that wasn't <laughs> maybe that's a little translation thing Anyway, the slight hopsy taste is characteristic for this traditional product and clearly distinguishes Gaffel Kolsch from other Kolsch brands. So maybe this is a hoppier Kolsch compared to some other ones. So that's what I got. I mean, it's good enough for me. I'm ready if you are, Michael. Yeah. Uh, Back to the new season. We're off the summer break. For a lawnmower type beer. Lawn. What, what, how would you say that in German, Michael? Oh, gosh. You've ask, done the research. have to ask my aunt. I would look it up right now, but I don't want to crash this computer and the delicate internet connection I have. Cousin of the show. You speak German, sort of. Let us know how you say this. It, it looks like a German beer. Yes, it's pouring nice and light. Crisp, it appears. Filtered. Or fugued or something. Yeah. Doesn't smell traditionally hoppy, or at least Western hoppy. There's a noble nose to it, though, wouldn't you say? Noble, yeah. When, when I say it doesn't smell traditionally hoppy, I mean it doesn't smell like an American hoppy. Right. Yeah. Like a big the, uh, grass field. Ah, oh, yes. It's a great smell. Fits right in with that uh, Wolfenstein I was talking about. <laughs> Michael, uh, it's it's a nice pale straw. It's Good head. Got, got, I was going to say, it's got a surprising amount of... Uh, head going on here yeah it's pretty dense looks like it's sticking around definitely but uh michael here's to the new season let's go in all right 
Mm. Mm. I don't know what it is about German beers that I love so much, but I love that. I've heard photographer of the show, Zach, mentioned it as kind of a barnyard taste. I don't know if he meant that in a derogatory fashion or not, but I'm using it as a good thing because I like this taste. Michael, mm-hmm. what do you think? It's very easy to drink. Um, mm-hmm. It does have strong noble type hoppiness, but it's not, to me, it's a little different than a Pilsner. It's a little... It's it's definitely not as spicy or as bitter. Right. A little, what do you say, danker? A little, I don't know what the right I, word for that is. I, I don't know if deeper. dank is the right word. A little, I think that's the malt. Oh, maybe. The, 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 the hops are are not predominating in any fashion. It's just sort of there to give it a bitterness. But to me, this this is almost a stereotypical German beer in a, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that you say that, I get a lot of flavor at the front of the swallow. Um, like at the tip of my tongue from the malts. Mm-hmm. It's... it's very sweet. Yeah, it is sweet, and not in like in a <laughs> a cloying. It tastes like sugar, sort of way. It's, it just has an inherent sweetness, like a natural sweetness that you would get from a malt. Mm-hmm. This is like almost distractingly clean finish to it, too. Yeah, it tapers off pretty quickly. My, Michael, how does this compare to Kolsch style beers that you've had in the past? Um, to me, this is a little more cleaner. I think. Definitely. Um, I think the last Kolsch I've had is the Commuter Kolsch from, I think it's One Barrel Brewing up here does it. I think this one has a little more flavor and it's a little cleaner. It's hard to say without side-by-siding them, just going on memory alone. but True. Yeah, this one just seems to have a little more meat to it. It does, and I, I think one of the things that often gets overlooked on some of these, like the first beer sort of places name you know germany mm-hmm. i'm saying yeah <laughs> or or you know bavarians czech beers i suppose would have the same thing um is also a characteristic that i think we like about belgian beers and they have they tend to have like a like a very very old and classic yeast strain to them yeah and maybe that is giving this kind of a some of the different characteristics that maybe that's a very good point a lot of those places, if they if they find a recipe that works, they're not going to just go out and use whatever sort of yeast they can find. They're going to use the same one. Since 1908. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Like, yeah. It's one thing if it's been like from dogfish heads since the 80s or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, who cares? Yeast is always getting better. It hasn't had time to like grow into the flavor, for lack of a better word. I don't even know if that's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like evolve with the beer, a, a little bit, yeah. Um, it's like Belgian beers tend to do that. Um, I I don't remember where I've read it, so I can't exactly cite my sources, which mm-hmm. I would usually like to do. I mean, it seems to make sense just on a like from a from a scientific, scientific standpoint, standpoint. Yeah, yeast yeast like replicates so quickly that it's not like you have to wait. Thousand, thousands, millions of years because each generation lasts for 40 years. Each generation can last like a day or two. Right. And then when you do that over a hundred some odd years, that's... It will adapt to its beer. Tons and tons of generations. Once again, even though we are scientists, I have no clue as to whether or not this is actually true. Right. This is my suspicion, so... 
if you have an article that would prove me right, send it. And if you have one that proves me wrong, send it, and we won't read it. <laughs> but, but uh, I don't know. There, This just has a classic feel to it. Yeah. Even though, like you say, Kolsch's are not necessarily the, uh, the most popular of styles mm-hmm. in these parts. Right. Well, I think even over there, they're kind of like a more rare special treat. Really? Well, yeah, like in Germany, you usually get like the Erhelis and your Dunkel. Mm -hmm. And then those kind of just dominate. You have a different one from each brewery. And then maybe you have a few like lesser varieties between those two. And I think like the like Kolsch are not as front and center as those other more mainstream varieties. Once again, I have no sources to cite for that. So is it sort of like how... Like, we may really like sours, but there's probably not going to be a big American brewery that's just like, we're known for our sours. Right. It's just like something they screw around with every now and then. Yes. Okay. Maybe on a more national type level, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, this is this is tasty. The, uh, the malt is incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. I think that gives it something. I'd really like to know what malts they use. And I kind of like the fact that it's done with the Bavarian... Uh, purity standards not necessarily because it makes it taste better just because i feel that when you're doing a uh, a relatively simple style like this where you don't have to put in like 48 pounds of rhubarb and 900 <laughs> pounds of cucumber or you know take your pick that you can focus more on on getting like the finest ingredients possible yeah there's no off tastiness at all yeah, that, that's another point, too. Um, I don't know the kind of using ale yeast and lagering that, if that... Is that what they did? Yeah, well, they ferment it with the ale yeast for a little bit, and then they lager it for, like, two weeks. Interesting. So I don't know what how that would affect the flavor profile exactly, or maybe it has more Me to do neither. with the body, but it's something different. Sure, um, whatever they're doing, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, should we R this beer? Yeah, let's rate the beer. It's Yeah, th- there's not a whole lot to say about it, but in a kind of good way, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, it's the style is I I lack the v- vocabulary to tell you how this is specifically different from a pilsner. Mhm. Um I've become quite the fan of pilsners over the past however much time but this is not as spicy it's it's yeah. not as uh i don't i always assume that it's a czech saz hop in a pilsner mm-hmm. although i guess that's not necessarily true saz just sounds like a spicy hop i don't know michael going for a sip of judgment let me know what you think all right here i go yeah, i just did the same thing and i think the sweetness is what differentiates this from a uh, pilsner yeah, the malt or whether that the way you ferment the malt, but yeah, mm-hmm. it just tastes a little different, a little more I, deep flavor. Now, I haven't Googled this yet, and you have no way of proving me wrong or right, uh-huh. so you're just going to have to go with me here. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say a honey kolsch is something that exists. Because mm. the, the sweetness that I've been attempting to describe definitely feels like it is... Just right next door to honey. Uh, honey Kolsch. Bingo, there it is. All right. But uh, 
Oh, wow. Rogue makes one. Interesting. We're going to have to look into this. Yeah. This is a delightful beer. Michael, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a 3.75, I think. I'm quite enjoying it right now. It might not fit every occasion, um, but summertime, yes. Lawnmower time, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, or if you want something lighter, but that still has flavor, yes. Oh, definitely. Um, um, but yeah, this I would mean, be this would be a killer barbecue beer. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's 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 flavorful. It's refreshing. It has enough. It's pretty simple, but it has enough complexity to kind of give your tongue a sit in the dunce chair. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Jeremy, bail me out and give it a rating. Um, I'm with you. I think this is, like I said, I'm. This is a would be a killer barbecue beer, not necessarily to have with a sort of like a smoked meat or anything of that nature. But I mean that more in the sense of. You show up to a barbecue and there's, you know, four couples hanging out there. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to cruise around outside. It's a little bit warmer than I'd like it to be. There's bugs everywhere. But it just it feels like a good hot weather beer. And given the heat wave we've been dealing with, or at least that I've been dealing with, this is really hitting the spot. Michael, I'm going to give it four stars. Oh, very We're splitting good. hairs, really, but I just like the idea of giving it a four star. Yeah, I think that's... It's 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 a mental block, what can I say? <laughs> I was thinking about four stars, too. But you don't like this beer enough. <laughs> I guess hate not. This beer. Uh, so, Gaffle Kolsch, yeah. Um, a Kolsch would be an interesting style to do a little uh, blind comparison. Um, that would be a good idea. Because it's like, they should be pretty close together, but there's enough leeway in this style that you might mm-hmm. get some... Uh, ups and downs based on different breweries so maybe someday definitely um i imagine this is one you could mess around with if you were able to lager at a homebrew like i'll bet you could do a lot of fruits with this it'd be good you could yeah you could put something in to tweak that flavor a little bit quite easily because it's it's lighter mentioned honey oranges i imagine would work out fairly well cucumber yeah, that the cucumber one you mentioned from Lion Bridge, um, that sounds tasty. It's delicious, sir. All right. Well, first episode back. Yeah. I think you know. I think what it's been about four weeks, three weeks since our last recording. Three, three or four. Whenever we did the hams. Yeah, the hams. To Was part, that the last one we did? Yep. To part the kimono, it's been a a little bit since we recorded. But, uh, we're back with ferocity. This is, this is better than hams. <laughs> it is much better than hams, yeah. <laughs> ah, but, you know, Michael, sitting here having this this fine colch reminds me that, you know, if people want to reach out to us, they can get us at APM Pod on pretty much anything. That's right. You can find us at APM Pod on Twitter. You can find us at APM Pod on Facebook and leave us a message. And see Michael's delightful uh, photoshops that... Uh, to come along with each episode. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. Rate and review, please. Five stars, if you please. Yeah, just reach out to us. We'd love to know what you think. We've got some uh, we've got some themes coming up. That's right, yeah. We're going to have a, with a feather, a little tease. Yeah, for August. 
And uh, also a slight parting of the kimono. I didn't do a whole lot of work in procuring this. Uh, I did a little bit of work in procuring one of the beers that I gave you in my six-pack. But the the other ones came from Council of the Show and Cousin of the Show, but we'll get to that in another Oh, episode. yeah. that Well, which reminds me... The, the one. Well, yeah, you're, the one you provided was pretty good. <laughs> I, had to, I had to work for that one. This beer, this Gaffo Kolsch, is given to us by Dad of the Show. So thanks, Dad of the Show. Thanks, Dad of the Show. Do you know where he got it? I think he got this down in Florida. Ah, so once again, Florida gives us its uh, spoils. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's all we're. I think that's it. We will be back again next week for another round. <laughs> that sounds good. Sounds good. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. And for Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>